Ukraine's president spoke to the European Parliament today via video link, making his case for his country's membership in the EU, the European Union, asking them to fast track. The EU Council uh, listened to him. He was speaking through an interpreter who became overcome with emotion while trying to relay Zelensky's words. Have a listen. We are fighting just for our land and for our freedom. Despite the fact that all large cities of our country are now blocked, nobody is going to enter and intervene with our freedom and country. And believe you me. One of the reasons behind some of the emotion from Zelensky was a Russian bombing on Tuesday of Freedom Square in the cultural heart of Ukraine's second largest city, Kharkiv, and what officials said was a deadly and, quote, cruel attack. The bombardment has continued in Kharkiv. We've had reports this morning of fighting near a military hospital. Here's some sounds from that fighting over the last 24 hours. Now, it's hard to imagine that just a week ago, this was a city at peace, a tense peace, but peace nonetheless. Joining me now from Kharkiv is Fetlana Prestupa. Svetlana, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. Thank you. I mean, we've been hearing so many reports from Kharkiv over the last 24 hours. Clearly, a lot of I, mean, I think the whole world has now seen what happened at Freedom Square. What has it been like to be in the middle of it? What have you been doing? Uh, actually, my family and I are hiding in our apartment. Uh, we're really worried because we don't know whether to stay at home or go to the subway or the basement. We we don't feel that it's safe anywhere because the bombings occur very often. And yesterday it was a really hard day. And those rockets on the Freedom Square are real. I've seen the pictures. I've talked to my friends and people I know that witnessed that. And it, it's really awful those places where I walked just yeah a, a week ago that looked beautifully now are destroyed completely. What's I mean, I can't even imagine what the day-to-day existence must be like in just the last six days, what it's been like. Have you just been staying at home trying trying to figure out what to do next? Uh, kind of. Uh, on the first day, on Thursday, the 24th of February, I went down the basement of our building, but it's really not a good place for uh, sheltering because there's um, not much air there and you can't stay alone there. So we decided to stay in the apartment. And because of some street battles, street combats, uh, we haven't been... Uh, outside for a couple of days so we can't even go uh, shopping to buy some food or meds some people in our city do that but it's really dangerous so my family and i are in fear and we are at home we are just finishing our food supplies that we have here and hoping that we will be able to buy some more you're there with your mom and your sister is that right yeah yeah my mom is here she has some disabilities. She walks with a stick, so she can't really run fast. And we live uh, quite high. It's the 16th floor, uh, and the elevators aren't working due to some safety reasons. So it takes much time to go down and go up. 
and my sister is also here, her dog, her cat. We're all lying on the floor of our corridor, trying to barricade all the windows and hide from the glasses because glass shatters are extremely dangerous. And my other sister is in another district in the city center, actually. Uh, she's with her friend there, and it's quite scary. We are trying to be in touch every minute, asking, like, is everybody okay? It's awful. I was just thinking, you know, I mean, just a week ago, you must have been living or leading a pretty normal life. I mean, I know we'd all been talking about the possibility, and you're very close to the Russian border for people who don't know exactly where you are, but 40 kilometers, right? But still, yeah. things change so quickly. I can't even imagine what it must be like. Actually, the first, like, science, as for me, they started in October when we got some news that Russian troops are gathering around our border. Uh, and I probably started uh, preparing for it in December, thinking about what should I buy, um, that I should save some money, that I should do something and check something. So it, it, it's it's really hard. Yeah, I've been thinking of war for a couple of months already. And yeah, on, on Wednesday, I'm an English teacher here in Kharkiv in our local school, private school, not for kids, for adults. Uh, on Wednesday evening, I actually had a, a nice class with my students. We left, we joked, we had a great class. We finished like at 9 p.m. I watched some TV series, went to bed, and in the morning I woke up in a completely new reality. Had you thought of leaving? Had you thought, I know, I know your mom obviously is, you're on, you know, she, she's, she walks with a cane and so on, but did you, had you thought of, of, of leaving and, and what, what was that decision like and what made you decide you, didn't, you weren't going to go? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I've been thinking of that a lot and maybe even for more than a week because some of my friends left even before it all started. And I think for some of them, it's a good decision because one of my friends is pregnant and it's really a good idea to to run away from this, uh, from all of this. Uh, as for me, I don't know. I didn't want to leave because it's my home and I didn't do anything wrong and I, I don't see any reason for me to run. I think they should run. Russians should go away and stop all this nightmare. And when the war started after Thursday, we've been thinking about that a lot and talking about that a lot. And we don't know actually what to do because staying here, especially in Kharkiv, which is under a massive attack, I think the most attack, yeah, probably like the, the Donetsk and Lugansk regions. Uh, but leaving is also a very high risk because people get shot, uh, cars get shot, people burn alive, people get, uh, uh, Russian troops get, get, get them hostages, mm -hmm. and so on. So we, we really don't know. It's dangerous to stay and it's dangerous to leave. We are like in fear and we, we don't know what to do. 
I mean, I, I've spent some time in Donetsk and those areas in the past, and I, I remember just how difficult it is. People always see people leaving war zones and, and just how, how difficult a decision is to pack up and leave. Um, it is right. Because it, it gets, it's your home, right? It is right. One of the reasons why I would like to stay, because, yeah, this is my home, and if everybody leaves, it just gives the those those people who attacked us those freaking troops the 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 reason to continue doing that they would believe that people don't want this territory don't want this country and we want to prove that we do have you been i mean are you finding any comfort in the fact that the president has been very strong that the fight from the Ukrainian forces has been effective. Uh, is there any comfort in that for you? Yes, sure, sure. Our army is amazing, and we totally believe in them. We Everybody tries to support them. Everybody transfers money. Um, a local person, I, I don't know him, he's not my friend, but he's a musician here in Kharkiv, and every day he tries to buy some food, some supplies, and he drives them to uh, the soldiers, our Ukrainian soldiers, to help them and support them. Uh, I think this is really heroic because his car, he, he drives his car and the bombing starts, he risks his life, but he keeps on doing that, keeps on loaning money. Um, this is really inspiring. So the army is incredible. The people because everybody now is doing everything they can to support each other and the country, and of course the president. I'm really proud of everyone. I'm back with Svetlana Prestupa, who an English teacher who's in the city of Kharkiv right now, a city that you may have seen today. There was a, a massive attack on a on a Freedom Square right in the heart of the city today, uh, one that even had the president calling talking about war crimes today. Uh, Svetlana has been with her mom and her sister on the 16th floor of their building, um, keeping their heads down, trying to figure out what to do next while all this war rages around them. I know it's about 7.18, 7.19 in the morning there, Svetlana. Is it easier during the day? Is it harder at night? Um, it depends. It's it's hard to say because all those days were different. And uh, for example, this night was quite quiet but the day was awful and before that yeah i guess we had some missiles at night um so it's, it's really hard to say because they occur at different times with different regularity and uh, it, it, it's really hard to think of like so-called schedule because when we hear silence we try to grab our coats and run outside to buy some food. But when we just open our door and step out, we hear the bombing again and we run back to the flats. So it's, it's really hard to say when it's going to happen next. In, in a minute, in an hour, we don't know. So you, you make it down the 16 floors get outside and then all of a sudden the sounds of, I mean, you must always be just waiting to hear the sounds of something flying. Uh, 
Yeah, we're doing exactly that. And it, and it's even mm. scary to go to the bathroom or to the kitchen to grab some water or food because we don't know whether we sh- should go somewhere near the windows and risk our lives or maybe stay, keep on staying in the corridor and lying and covering our heads. I mean, you'll have to... You'll have to get food eventually, right? You'll have to. I guess some, I can't even. I can't even picture what it, what it would be like to try to make that decision. Just picturing what the city must look like. How far are you from from supplies? How far would you have to go? Uh, there are a couple of uh, shops uh, in my district. Uh, of course, many are closed, and those that work have very huge lines, and people have to uh, stand in lines for an hour, two, three, and uh, everybody says that uh, all the sources say that uh, the the most dangerous situation where the bombing starts is if you're in the street. So actually, when you're going shopping for food, you're risking your life. You're like a target for those rockets. What would you like, you're speaking to a Canadian audience right now, what would you like us to know and how can we help? Thank you so much for everything you are doing already for the information and so on. We really appreciate it. Probably please keep on believing in us because we are a peaceful nation and we we didn't attack anyone and we are fighting bravely. Everybody here, the president, the army, the people, volunteers, doctors, children, everyone. And uh, spread the information. And if you can influence somehow, I guess we really need to cover the air because this is yeah. the, the, the most awful part because civilians are getting killed every day. Svetlana, I know a week ago you woke up and you went and taught your English class uh, a week ago today, Wednesday. What will you do today? Probably I would stay in the corridor and listen to all the sounds, uh, try to maintain uh, myself, my family, drink some water, eat some food. And it's our Ukrainian routine nowadays. Uh, quite quite often we try to text each other. We ask, like, how are you? And of course, it, this question means, are you alive? And we're all in touch. We're all trying to support each other. We're even trying to joke and keep our morality, keep our spirit up. So our people is our people are amazing. And I'll try to continue keeping the spirit up, believing and living. I hope. Well, Svetlana, I, I, given the circumstances, you're sitting in, in a hallway waiting right right now, hiding, uh, staying safe. Thank you so much for sharing your story with, with everyone in this country. I know that people here need to know what's happening for real, what this is really like to be in the middle of something as awful as this is. And uh, I think I truly appreciate your time. And thank you. Obviously, we wish you health. And we wish you safety. And um, we can only hope that this ends soon. Thank you so much. Svetlana Prostupa, 
speaking to us tonight from Kharkiv in eastern Ukraine, uh, Ukraine's second largest city, a city of 1.5 million people under siege in some ways from Russian forces uh, over the last six days. Uh, today, there was a dramatic explosion of Russian missiles raining down on Freedom Square at the cultural heart of the city. Um, Svetlana telling us that she's been essentially lying in the hallway with her mom and sister for the past five days, afraid to go to the bathroom, afraid to go to the kitchen, afraid to go outside, 16 floors up, elevators broken, afraid to go get food. That is the very, very, very awful truth about what living in war is like. 